Hello ninjas and ninjas and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast here to help you generate more leads and sales through your website. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm a best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency based in the UK. In this episode, I'm joined by Chelsea Schultz from Unbounce. Now, Unbounce for everyone listening, I'm sure you've come across it, the landing page software and conversion software. Now, Chelsea's joined us today not to talk about the technical elements of landing pages or technical stuff about conversion, but actually something that people might consider a bit of a fluffy subject, which is storytelling and how we can use storytelling in our digital marketing. Really interesting to hear how Chelsea combines the kind of emotive side of storytelling with the technical conversion focus side, which I think is quite pervasive in, in digital marketing these days. And, and she takes us through the process of designing a story and how we communicate this through our marketing. So really, really interesting episode and relevant for anybody who's looking to increase the conversions that their digital marketing is getting for them. And don't forget, if you want some help with your digital marketing, you want some free advice to increase your, your leads and sales, then Exposure Ninja offers a service where one of our marketing strategists will actually record you a 20 minute video deconstructing your website and your digital marketing, showing you some areas that you can tweak in order to improve the number of leads and sales that you're generating. It's completely free service. There's absolutely no obligation to use our services at all. So to get this, you can go to exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. Just fill in a few questions about your business and we'll get that video over to you normally within two to three working days. Anyway, without further ado, Chelsea Schultz talking about storytelling. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So you work for Unbounce, which I'd have imagined would make you quite data-driven. You know, I'm thinking landing pages, I'm thinking conversion optimization, button color, you know, all of this stuff, which is kind of really data-driven. But today we're going to be talking about stories, which many people might think would be quite kind of fluffy and soft. So what do you say to that? I say no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Storytelling is an interesting one because from exactly what you said, lots of marketers are data-driven. They look at the stats. They want to know hard, cold results. Um, And storytelling doesn't kind of fit the mold, so to speak, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And it really does. And I think we've kind of lost ourselves a little bit when it comes to marketing and storytelling because we get so hung up on features and benefits and, you know, business output when really we're forgetting that on the other side of the computer screen and I'm talking specifically about digital marketing. There's another human who has a backstory and a problem that you can easily relate to and capture more attention with if you're using a story. And that's not separated from data. There is data you can use there, and we can we can dive into that. So they don't uh, operate in silos. They definitely can complement each other. I think it's a really interesting point you make about the storytelling kind of being lost. I mean... If you spend time studying marketing these days, the, most of the focus is on the technology, isn't it? So yeah, you know, we go to Warrior Mastermind and it's just about, or you can do text messages that do this sort of thing, or you can split test this or whatever. And it's all focused on 
the technical side of things and then you actually open your unbounced landing page or whatever and you start to write and you think ah i don't know what i'm writing i know what the the kind of all the tech pieces that are coming together i know what the follow-up you know method is going to be and i know how i'm going to re-engage people but actually i haven't even thought about the story and we have we've just kind of completely missed that bit i guess you know, rewind 50 years or something when none of the tech stuff existed and marketing was all about the story and it was all about the message. And that's when some of the world's most effective marketing was done. And we still study, you know, like the Claude Hopkins and all of those guys, and they were working kind of purely with story, weren't they? So it's it's kind of like we're saying, oh, we've gone a little bit too far that way. Let's go back a bit and grab some of that stuff that used to work really well. Yeah, I think that's exactly what what we're looking at here. Like we're kind of going, we're needing to go back to the Mad Men era a little bit. To quote Marshall McLuhan, he used to say the medium is the message. And I think we've got hung up on that specifically. We think our landing pages and our videos are, are what's doing it, what's bringing in the results. The webinar is what's... Uh, going to bump my lead collection for this week. It's not the medium. It's how it's what you're saying on that medium that makes the difference. And I think we've become hung up that, you know, I'm using my landing pages, so why am I not seeing results? Well, they go hand in hand with the copy directly that goes on them or the voice that's talking on your podcast. It makes a big difference. This is so true. This is so true. So Maybe we could give a bit of, of context. Could you explain an example about how you've used storytelling at Unbounced or how you've seen storytelling used in a modern digital marketing setting? Yeah, uh, to give it to some backstory, I have recently, let's go even further back, I have been a public speaker and a storyteller for as long as I can remember. So I've always been really intrigued by story and I, as a consumer, I am super warm when you decide to tell me a story and relate to my problem, rather than tell me that, you know, your new kitchen knife set is really pointy and sharp. <laughs> so I automatically seek out story a lot more than my average colleague, I would say. And I, I see the value specifically. So at Unbounce, Unbounce is the uh, landing page and conversion marketing platform. You can build landing pages and build overlays to get more out of new traffic as well as existing traffic. Um, and so as I mentioned before, we were, you know, really invested in our medium and we, re we use our landing pages for every single campaign. But of course, as with any good digital marketer, we hit, you know, a point where we have to edit and come up with new messages to reach more people or to relate better to people. And so we were hitting this wall a couple of years ago where we really need to generate new trial starts of the product. And we were coming up against a wall like, oh, I don't know. Everybody knows that, you know, we've got dynamic text replacement and we integrate with HubSpot and MailChimp and Marketo. Uh, what are we missing? What is, what is somebody not understanding? And after some research and some diving into our market, we realized people need to see our tool to really understand. We can talk all day about our drag and drop builder and our easy integrations and, you know, the gone away with the need for IT. But... If nobody can see how this thing works, why would they get on board? You wouldn't drive a car without test driving it first. So let's bring the product to the people. So we decided that we were going to go with a video series because obviously video is a really good way to showcase anything, but specifically your product. And we wanted to do a few things. We wanted to provide value to our, our readers and our users by giving them more than just a demo of the builder. Those are great and they work really well. So I totally suggest using those 
wherever you can. But we wanted to tell more of a story. So we have a co-founder at Undance. His name is Ollie Gardner. He speaks all over the world about marketing and digital marketing in particular with Unbounce. And so we were deciding to use him as our thought leader in this series to go through a couple of stories of how Unbounce marketers use landing pages to get more results from their campaigns. And what resulted was a Netflix-style series called The Landing Page Sessions. You can find that at unbounce.com slash LP dash sessions, excuse me. And what happens is that in each episode, we got real user submitted landing pages with backstory for what the campaign was surrounding that landing page. And in an episode, Ollie would break down a campaign from, you know, pay-per-click ad all the way to landing page to even post-click in some episodes of the entire user experience, how you could do better. And if something had to do with optimization of the landing page, he would then on demand update and optimize a landing page in real time. So not only were we showcasing the builder, but we were using the story of real marketers and real campaigns to walk through real problems. And as you can imagine, when you do that, you relate more to your audience and you get to build more of this brand rapport. In essence, you humanize your brand a lot better because, well, you're talking to people who are using your product and giving them the opportunity to see, oh, okay, that's how I use that in real life. And it's not just a list of features and benefits, like I mentioned before. So the landing pages, the landing page sessions ended up being super successful. It's still alive today. And that's one of the beauties of, of the campaign from my side. It's evergreen. And so in the first 30 days from launch, we ended up getting, and here's that data for you, we ended up getting 88 new trial store starts in 30 days and over 2,000 leads. And compared to our past webinars, which is something we had kind of put into regular rotation, we got 100% more new trial starts in the same 30 days that we would have run maybe two or three webinars, which, which are very, you know, work heavy and they require you to be there live. So all in all, it was a very good win for us and a really good example of how story in that middle of the funnel area can really help you bring your product to life. It's, it's such a good example because like you say, having showing people how, how the thing works is, is, is great. And, and that's a really good way to get people engaged. I'm imagining, you know, if I go on, whether I go on lead pages website or I go on optimize press or whatever, I can get a tour of the product, but there's no story there at all. It's just, oh, and here's how you drag something. Here's how you, whatever. Whereas here, not only are we seeing, we're seeing a story, but actually we're seeing someone getting the improvement that we are looking for. So it's kind of, it's it's a relatable story, isn't it? This isn't just a story of, oh, here's Bob and Bob set up a landing page and now Bob's happy. Uh, it's actually a story of of someone getting the result that that your audience wants to get. So it's it's quite it's it's a story that's tuned for conversion, isn't it? Which I think is is probably one of the reasons it works so well. Yeah, and that's why it's it's tricky, specifically when you get into the middle of the funnel, because I think the the overarching impression is that storytelling is something you do very high in the funnel. It's something you do for brand awareness. Fair enough. Like there are a lot of really good companies who do storytelling at the top of the funnel and they're amazing. And I'm thinking like Super Bowl ads. A lot of those commercials are very expensive, but they use story to get a point across. We all remember that story, that Super Bowl ad with the puppy. I think it was for beer. Somebody else mentioned this just recently at our call to action conference. 
I have no idea. I can't even remember the brand, but I remember that story. And obviously there's more work there to be done if I'm going to remember the brand, but the story is what keeps me hooked. So maybe you can take us through the process of designing a story. And I know it's going to be difficult to do for, you know, every, every business, but the, the example that you just used with Unbounce and, and the, the landing page stories. Mm. Yeah, firstly, how did you identify where in the funnel you were going to put the story? And then how did you decide exactly how to communicate that story? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Obviously, the major one is understanding who your audience is. And that comes for all of your digital marketing. You really need to know who you're talking to. Otherwise, the story is moot. If I tell you a story about cotton balls and you are not in the market and you don't care and you've never used them, I'm wasting my time. Um, so you really have to understand who your audience is. And so we knew Unbounce, we have a, you know, a particularly difficult challenge of marketing to marketers. We knew our marketers were savvy and that they needed a lot of push and purpose if they were going to use our tool because they have to convince a lot of people. They have to show their bosses and they have to build it into their budget and really make a point for why they, this tool should be used. But even on top of that, they need to figure out how they fit with us, why they needed us at all. And in other cases, they'd had to figure out why they should leave a competitor if they were already using a landing page building software or why they should stop using their in-house IT team. So we really had to do our research there, fully understand who we were talking to, and then decide upon a medium. So I think it's often the reverse. People often say, oh, we got to build a video. We got to do video. Everybody's doing video. Throw up the YouTube ads. Okay, that's great. But if you don't know who you're talking to, how do you even know they want video? They could want blog posts for days. And if that's the case, write your little heart out. Don't even bother with the videos. But we had also learned very closely from things like running demos on our website, from doing webinars for so long, that people needed to see our builder to be convinced. They needed to see playground that they could envision themselves in and then move themselves along. So the message came first, knowing our audience and what we were going to say. And then we chose the medium. And from here, the third step is to map your story arc. So I go back to like, I don't know what it is in England, but I, like grade nine English for myself, when my very first English teacher, Mr. Durant, and he was an amazing teacher. He was a presence in the room. He was this large, red-haired man with the most incredible voice. You could listen to him talk all day long. And I, I remember his lesson so specifically because he used story to explain story. So what you're going to want to use to map your own story arc is exactly what your grade nine English teacher would have taught you. Start with your exposition. What's the introduction? And then you look at your rising action. Okay, this is what I know so far. How are we going to build people to the point of climax? And climax is the main message you're trying to get across. Obviously, there's more work here. This is a very simplified process. But if you know, okay, I need to show somebody how to use the builder. My introduction is that they have some sort of problem. The rising action is, oh, we're getting closer to a solution. And then the climax is that your product is that solution. Then you can go through that denouement or that falling action of, Here's all the features and benefits that are going to relieve your problem, that are going to make your life easier, that are going to help you improve results, etc. And then close with a, with a conclusion that allows you to direct somebody somewhere. That's where your call to action comes in. 
So I have a, another example, if you don't mind, that I could share. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so similarly, Unbounce was going through the release of a new product. Like I mentioned before, we do overlays as well as landing pages, and we were launching, launching our, news, our new set of tools, um, which is called Unbounce Convertibles. And I was tasked, I guess I should give you a little bit of information about myself. <laughs> um, I'm the marketing manager of brand promotion. So I work very top of funnel with an emphasis on strategy for the entire journey somebody could take from first touch to using our product. But I was tasked with the teaser for letting our audiences know and new audiences know that we were releasing a new product. That's hard. I wasn't allowed to say exactly what we were releasing. I could only say when we were releasing it and try and get people to sign up to stay in the loop for, I think it was close to eight days. Yeah, eight days before we could release and tell them what it was that we were coming out with. So you can imagine my anxiety. (laughs) I had to release or notify somebody that this product was coming out and convince them why they should care to sign up and stay notified to get an email a week later to finally let them know what it is. That's a big ask for somebody who's not even in your funnel. So you're you're marketing to someone and you can't even tell them what the product is or what the benefits are going to be. Yeah, that was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. But challenge accepted because I had just recently gone to MozCon in 2016 and I had got the pleasure of hearing a wonderful lady speak. Her name is Kendra Hall. She's from Arizona and she is a professional storyteller. And what she does is consult for businesses, agencies, freelancers, whoever it may be about how to tell story. And one of the things that she mentioned was, you know, we get so close to telling the story, but we don't actually tell it. And so being inspired by her after hearing her speak, I was like, okay, you know what? This is a prime opportunity for me to tell a story because I can't do much else. So what we did, I knew my audience. I knew that they were digital marketers. I knew that they were savvy and that luckily I'm my own target market. (laughs) So I was thinking about the pains that I experience every day. What things really are frustrating? And I walked through things like, I want to get more from my ad spend without breaking the bank. I want to see more conversions from the traffic I already have because it's really not great when you're seeing like a 3% conversion rate when you know it could be like 15, 16, 20%. And I have lots of people coming at me. I've got my boss. I've got colleagues who are asking for more results, more data, more proof, more conversions, more new trial starts, more customers. And I'm sitting here at my desk in this fury of data and people not knowing what to do. So the product we were releasing was Unbounce Convertibles Overlays, which helps you do exactly that. Get more conversions out of the traffic you already have. And you can do overlays in a very delightful way to which they're not annoying. We have many triggers like on exit, on delay, on arrival. And you can really personalize and customize an experience there so that it's not a a nasty pop-up experience. So I had all this information, but I couldn't say that. I could only talk about the problem. So what we did is we built a video. I knew video worked for my audience and that's why I chose that medium. And I focused around this persona of a guy named Corey, who's a real guy. He works with me. (laughs) We used uh, all in-house actors from just Unbounce employees. And I had Corey sit at a desk and he spoke not a single line, but he sat there looking absolutely devastated. And we kind of grayscaled the scene 
I'm trying to set this up, but it'd be super better if you could actually see the video. <laughs> and what happens is there's a narration over top. So things are flying around Corey. Imagine a very chaotic office. There are people coming at him, pointing at his screen, arguing with each other, leaving papers on his desk, taking stuff away. And the narrator the whole time is telling the story about, hey, you're a marketer and you need to get more from what you already have and deliver results that you don't have yet to people who are really counting on you to make those things happen. What do you do when you don't have time for IT to build you a landing page that's going to take four odd months when you already have great traffic to your website, but they just don't seem to be converting? What's going to make you go one step further? What's going to make you the shining star of your company or your agency? And then it stops there and it kind of pans to a happier looking Corey with more upbeat music. And the narrator continues and says, don't worry. On November 15th, Unbounce is releasing a tool that'll help you get more from what you already have and increase results without the need for anybody else. Sign up to get more info on this new product that we're releasing in one week and we'll help you get the results you need. So without actually seeing the video, that's kind of the general story arc. I don't do it justice and you should go check out that video. It sits on uh, our convertibles page on unbounce.com. But what happened was fascinating. So the places we chose to post this video included a landing page, um, but we were sending traffic to that landing page from things like Facebook video ads. And I would suggest using uh, subtitles. That's what we did. We threw subtitles over top for people who don't use the audio on Facebook. We also used it in our existing audience's email newsletter. We sent traffic there from our blog post community, from our social communities, and we kind of just used it as a very high-level brand awareness play. I was aiming for, you know, let's try and get 500 contacts, see what happens. I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know how this was going to go at all. What we ended up getting in seven days was 1,287 subscribers, and we actually got 34 new trial starts, and I didn't even tell anybody what they were signing up for. Wow. Yeah. And so I actually thought my data analyst was joking. <laughs> I made him go back and double check. I was like, no, we did not get customers from this video. What are you talking about? And he was like, no, uh, the Facebook ads in particular, because we've learned for our audience anyway, that Facebook video does really well. Our Facebook videos resulted in the majority of those new trial starts, 34 in seven days and over 1200 subscribers. And I thought to myself, holy, like <laughs> this, if, if nothing else is the power of a good story. And then I went to our social communities and I started looking at the feedback online because we had posted that video there as well. And we had people, and to prove my point in a nutshell, we had people who were tweeting us back and saying things like, you have pinpointed me. That is my everyday life. So excited for what you're coming out with on November 15th. Wow. And I thought to myself, okay, this is how you use a story. This is how your job is done. If somebody can come back to me in the wild and say that I've pinpointed who they are, I consider that a job well done. So for the business who's listening and they're thinking, okay, awesome. Unbounce knows its customer and it knows what story is going to resonate with that customer. But I'm a solicitor. How do I come up with my story? How do I identify my Corey and create something which is really going to speak to people? So where do they start with that? Yeah, that's a good point. If you've got an existing customer base of people, that's your place to start. Talk to the people who are already using your product 
gather information and make some deposits into that that bank account of rapport. Offer them some new insights, some extra features, some you know new product early if you can, and talk to them about how their everyday day looks like. Really get to know them and and make it a conversation like you would get to know any stranger you would meet in a coffee shop because that's how you're going to figure out the little nuances of what resonates with people. So when we did the research for our audience, that wasn't it wasn't all just what tools are they using and what kind of marketers are they. It was where do they get their news and how much time do they spend on social during the day versus in the evening. Like get to know that person as a person. And what we learned is that by doing that, you get to know you get to know more than just again like the features and benefits of who your customers are. You get to know them as humans. And it's a subject I'm really passionate about because clicks are people and we get really caught up in the data, you know, oh, we've got so many click throughs on this blog post CTA today. Like, yeah, but those are those are people we're trying to push through a journey. Like, let's remember who we're who we're experimenting with here. And so if you've got an existing customer base, get to know those people and even just a, a good handful I know it can be difficult to get a lot of people on the line and you have to, yes, of course, be statistically significant with a sample size. But if you can take even two or three people out for coffee and just talk to them and get to know them, you get a better understanding of how you, what even language you might use. Is your audience comfortable with swearing in videos? If they're not, don't use it for the sake of being cool or something as a tiny example. But if you don't have an existing customer base, if you're a freelancer who's doing a project for another company, for example, this is where social is a really good opportunity to go and do some digging. You can go to a community of people online. And while it's not exactly the same, people are very outspoken on platforms like Facebook and Twitter when it comes to heated topics or things they're passionate about. And another great place, Joanna Weeb, she's a copywriter from Canada, and she talks about how when you're going to find messages for copywriting, but also for storytelling like this when you're doing videos, etc. Take to the review sites on like Amazon of products or books. So in the case of a B2C market, if you're marketing hairbrushes, go look at reviews for hairbrushes on Amazon, for example, and pick out words that people are saying. Snippets of things that are really um, catchy or get a point across or are passionate. And the negative ones are a goldmine. Go in there and pick out things that identify problems and use it as an opportunity to build that story based on problem to solution. If you're looking at B2B, like in my case where I'm marketing to marketers, I go and look at reviews for things like marketing books. So I'll go check out Seth Godin's uh, latest release and look at reviews because I know that those are marketing talking marketers talking about marketing topics um, and whether they agree or they disagree or it was worth the read etc. But that gives me a tiny bit more insight into the world of how they might be thinking. So there's lots of opportunity that already exists out there. You just kind of have to dig a little bit. The review site pro tip from Joanna Weeb has been one of the most beneficial tools we've used specifically at Unbounce. I love those, particularly those first two examples. I have some examples from when we've done this. So when when you mentioned about just talking to your to your to your leads or to your customers, what we did is we just sent out requests to a whole bunch of different people and said, hey, we're just doing a bit of market research. Be great to have a 15 minute chat over phone or Skype. We're happy to send a 25 pound Amazon gift voucher and, you know, as thanks or whatever. Yeah. 
that money was the best money we could ever have spent because talking to those people and just saying, so where do you find your information out online? What formats do you consume content? And that we we like we've built our business on the back of books. And I say to these guys, hey, do you guys ever read marketing books? They're like, I've got a stack of marketing books on my desk. I'm gonna get to them one day, but I just can't. And it's like, oh, okay, we didn't know that. So we'd have just kept plowing away at the books when actually that's the wrong market for these guys. It just gives you a level of insight that that you can't get through the data. Yeah, and I think as marketers, you know exactly what happens there is that we get too close to our darlings. <laughs> and we, we think, you know, like, oh, this book is great. Like, this is exactly what the people want because I love it and I wrote it and it's so great. And then you realize like, man, nobody's even reaching that message. Yeah. It's so deflating. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> to cover your other thing where you say, just look on social. So we're launching a new product and the, the girl who's running it, I was like, let's do some market research. And I thought, oh yeah, we'll do, we'll do the same thing. We'll send out the Amazon things. Well, she put together this amazing infographic full of data and insight about who the audience was of this product based on who'd already signed up. I was like, Lauren, how the hell did you get this? <laughs> and all she'd done is she'd taken the email addresses and the names of the people who'd signed up and just checked them out on Facebook. And she was able to get demographic info. She was able to get where they worked and their roles. So much useful information that you know, you just wouldn't have got if you just see like a sheet of email addresses. So it really does pay to just go and do a tiny bit of digging and you start noticing these kind of common threads quite quickly, don't you? You don't need to look through a 100 people. If you just pick five at random and you notice that they're all marketing managers in their late 20s for reasonably small businesses, you're like, okay, I'm starting to see a trend. Exactly. And I think that's the other thing that's kind of ironic is that especially digital marketers, this whole market research concept can feel really daunting. Sometimes it feels like it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of in-person talking, but like the internet is creepy friends. Like there is a lot of stuff that already exists out there. If you just plug an email address into Facebook. And so you have to be purposeful about that information. Yes, we have so much, but you have to remember to take that and personalize the experience so that it's a delightful one and not one where somebody goes like, hey, how did you know that? That's true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fine line. And uh, I mean, we walk that same line, so I know exactly how that feels. But yeah, all that data is can right be at our fingertips without us even knowing it. So say that someone has, they've done some research into their customers, they've identified through either talking to them or through just observing or checking out review comments, what these people's pain points are, and they're starting to sketch out a story. You mentioned communicating the story in video, obviously with a with a marketing campaign where there might be like a PPC ad, there might be a landing page, there might be email follow up. How do we actually communicate this story using the different media that we have at our disposal? Yeah. So to just to summarize, to make sure I understand what you're saying is how to communicate that story all the way through, even if it starts with a video for the rest of your campaign. That's a experience. much more eloquent way of saying it. Yeah. So how do we make sure that all of the different touch points throughout the campaign are communicating the same story? Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot to be said when it comes to, for example, using a campaign with a landing page for design match and message match. So this is something that Ollie talks about a lot. He talks about it in his ebook conversion-centered design. And you can find all of our stuff, but specifically that ebook, if you go to unbounce.com slash resources. And what this looks like is, for example, the script you write, and I hope you write a script if you're going to build a video. The script you write for the video 
can directly lend itself to the copy you're going to put in your ads and in your landing page. Use the same words, the same, like literally the same words in your ads if you can, and then carry that story through to the landing page by re-emphasizing the problem. So let's set up a, like a bit of a hypothetical scenario. If you're talking to farmers about selling sheep and you mention we have the the fluffiest most docile sheep in all the land your ads can then use the same two descriptive words like fluffiest and docile i don't know why i chose those words but let's go with it <laughs> and uh and then your landing page can re-emphasize that problem all over again so if you've seen from your video or Wistia anyway says that the average um, time spent before somebody will sign up on an overlay on a video, for example, is about 20-ish percent. If 20% in, you'd know you've already said certain things to make sure that you're hitting people who would have seen maybe just that 20% and not the whole video, pull messages that are from the beginning of the video and emphasize those on your landing page at the very top. And if somebody is invested and they continue to scroll down your landing page, then you can dive into the problems that come in later in your video, for example, and kind of re-emphasize or re-tell that story in text on your landing page, but don't stray too far from the script you already wrote for that video. Hope that's making sense. So you would make sure that your copy, your message match is the same across all your properties. Don't try and use, don't use aggressive and temperamental or other more synonym-like words when you have said fluffy and docile in the video. Continue that message match all the way through. And if you send a follow-up video, or sorry, follow-up email after somebody signs up on your landing page, the message match should continue there as well. Don't just jump into uh, maybe the way your brand would usually speak right into product-centered information and features and benefits when you could re-emphasize the story again to really drive home what somebody's doing there and how they got there. You'd be surprised at how many people sign up for something, they read your email three days later, and they've totally forgotten the story that you tried to tell them to begin with, and now they're confused and they unsubscribe. So really keep that the continuation of message match the whole way through. So what we're saying here is once you've got your story and you figured out how you're going to tell your story, you've really got to kind of go all in on that. You can't, if you, if someone signs up through a video talking about the, the fluffy and docile sheep, you can't drift into your normal way of communicating in the follow-up and, you know, just, oh, I'm worried that because they didn't sign up to the fluffy and docile video, I'm going to try something else. And you immediately kind of leave that story that you've put together. You're saying, go all in, be consistent. That's what they signed up for. So that's clearly what resonates with them. Yes, you have to commit to the whole thing. Nobody's going to want to read a wishy-washy story. Commit to your plot line. And so if you're finding that through your campaign that your story isn't resonating, that's fine. Tell a different story, but don't change a few words necessarily unless you know for sure that maybe it's an off-putting word or that somebody has said something specifically to you. Again, this is a fine line between like A-B testing, for example, versus redoing an entire campaign. And I'm a definite advocate for A-B testing, but you have to commit. If you tell three different stories along this journey, if your video says something different than your ad, that says something different than your landing page, that says something different than your email, you're talking to no one. You have to make sure that whole thing matches all the way through. And similarly, you can make this really easy or easier with design match. 
So if you're using a specific character in a video or an animation, for example, it would obviously be best for you to use that same imagery in your ads so that the, the visual connects similarly on your landing page, similar to how you do it in your email. And this is something we did specifically with that convertibles piece. We took this giant zoomed in headshot of Corey looking very distraught. And we used that as the, obviously in the video, but we used it as the thumbnail for all of our ads. We used it in a, a bit of a retargeting strategy. We used his face on the landing page. And then we also followed up an email with happy Corey's face. So it was a different image of Corey, but it was the same guy to emphasize that story the whole way through. And design match is actually a really easy one because people are very visual. There's a stat from Wise Owl that says something like 68% of users would prefer to watch a video as opposed to calling a business or speaking to support. So if you can use an image to connect to your brand and have people obviously like relate to that and keep coming back, you can retarget them with those images or bring it up later in a secondary campaign and it'll click immediately. So use design match and message match the whole way through on a story because you can come back to that later. And it's something we've actually done where when we, um, if we were to release a second product for convertibles, for example, I would be very much tempted to use Corey again because it resonated the first time. So new people might also be inclined to come on board, but any existing audience who might've not been convinced yet to come on board would see his face again and think, oh yeah, okay, maybe that's something I want to explore. If we find the second time that Corey's face does nothing, then I'll find a new Corey. But um, keeping that consistency, both in visual and language, is a huge part of storytelling. What about the listeners who are saying, yeah, okay, fine, storytelling works for these businesses, but I'm an accountant or I'm, you know, something which they just immediately say, right, well, storytelling isn't part of the communication my my business and my my type of company has with our audience. So therefore it's not gonna work. Is, is it right for everyone? Is it better for B2C rather than B2B? Or, you know, what's what's your take on that? My honest opinion is that storytelling applies everywhere. And I know I know that it's privy to a lot of skeptics. But I mean, from the minute we're born, we're exposed to story. We get this exposure to how we came to be. We, we read stories our whole life. We watch television shows, which in essence are just long stories all the time. And so for the skeptics who might say, well, I work in, I work for a bank and our emails are very cut and dry about RESPs and investment lingo. There is a story still there. And there are some banks, for example, that are doing this really well, i.e. TD in Canada, as well as CIBC. They use stories to mention you want to save for your future. You want to ensure the safety of your child when they grow up to enjoy all the luxuries that you never had. Those are tiny stories. They don't have to be these big overarching campaigns. I know the examples I used were, were quite large examples of storytelling on display, but there are opportunities for story in the smallest things. And we've experimented with stuff like just switching the, uh, the way we would approach a PPC ad. So instead of saying Unbounce is releasing X new product today, we would switch it to be focused on the user and tell a very tiny story in one sentence. Something like, you'll see more results from your ad spend in less than 30 seconds. And that's, that's tiny. Some would argue that's not a story at all, but it's the essence of storytelling that's important. So I know it can be daunting, but copywriters are very good at this. They find the way to make the problem 
to make the message user-focused rather than business-focused, and you're automatically that way resonating a little more and telling a little bit more of a story. So you don't have to go big right away. But I would urge you to A-B test. Try sending your next email in a slightly different way if you can, you know, get through the hoops that are often in a business. Of course, when you're doing B2C marketing, I would say that it's probably a little easier because you're dealing directly with the consumer. But in B2B, it still works. Uh, I'm in B2B directly. And there is a way to relate because behind every click is a person. And they're going to want to hear a story and it resonates faster when you tell that story. And I suppose what you're saying there, using the bank as an example, in a sense, the more boring or the more, I don't you know, boring is a tough word, but mm-hmm. the more boring or the more commoditized the product is that you're selling, actually the more important a story is. If a bank is just offering the difference between a, a 1% interest rate or its competitor has like a 0.75% interest rate, you know, it's, it's tough to really get people excited about that difference. Whereas as soon as you move that conversation over to a story and start talking about, you know, saving for retirement or putting money aside or whatever, then it becomes a bit easier for people to relate to. So they've kind of avoided the boring stuff and just gone straight to the personal and emotive side, which we're tapping into with the stories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to focus on what the motive is there, right? And I I think this is exactly a good example of that data trap. Like somebody's going to see that 1% is higher than 0.75% and be automatically convinced that they have to come to our bank to get this higher interest rate. Mm, No, like why, why do I care? I care because that means I get to put more money away for myself to, to afford that vacation or to ensure that my child gets a little extra in the bank for education down the line. It provides me with safety. It provides me with, you know, the comforts of life. That's what your interest rate is doing. It's not that I get more. Tell me my story. What is the difference it's going to make on my life? What does it actually mean? Yeah. And this is what Kendra mentions when she said, we get so close to telling the story, but we don't actually tell it. Perfect. Perfect. Chelsea, this has been absolutely fascinating. Where do people find out more about you personally and also Unbounce? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and I'm happy to answer any questions or if you want to get into some storytelling debates with me. Um, you can find me at Twitter, the handle Chelsea Scholes, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-S. C-H-O-L-Z. And if you want to know more about Unbounce, head over to unbounce.com. And for any of the resources that I mentioned, like the landing page sessions, that convertibles video, the conversion-centered design ebook, you can head to unbounce.com slash resources. And we're always happy to find you some more stuff. If uh, if you're digging around and you want some more information, just find me on Twitter or find Unbounce on Twitter as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Chelsea, and sharing your wisdom about stories. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in.